The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Again, we celebrate you and we appreciate you for who you are, for all you've done, and for the things you will yet do. Thank you because you are giving us a better ending to this year than when we first started. Let all the praise and all the glory and all the honor be unto you and you alone. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people of God shouted a louder, Amen. Please be seated. I welcome everyone to this very special vows renewal service. Um, of course, that's for the married couples alone. But everyone can participate in the service. First and foremost, it's a worship service. So we're going to go into the word very briefly. And just like we do in weddings, even if you are not the bride or the groom, you can be a participant in the wedding. So I want to encourage the congregation when we get to that part of the service where we are doing the vows renewal. If you don't have someone physically in the service with you that you can renew your vows with um, for one reason or another, um, still just participate with us. Let's rejoice with those that are rejoicing. Like we've been teaching all series long, even though we are talking specifically about marriage and relationships for those that may be in a courtship or um, in one form of marital relationship or something that would bloom into a marital relationship, the intention is not to leave anybody out. Even though we know not everyone is in a marital relationship, the principles that we are teaching can be applied to your life, even as a single person. Whether you are a single person that intends to marry sometime in the future, whether you have seen someone or you've not seen someone, whether you're in a relationship or you've not seen a, or, you know, in a relationship, or maybe you're someone that, look, you're not planning to marry, or ever again, or maybe even for now. It doesn't matter. Last Sunday, for example, we talked about trusting in God, leaning on God in your marriage. That every, every married person must know that, that you don't lean on your spouse primarily to make your marriage work. You are going to drain that person dry. He doesn't have the capacity. She doesn't have the capacity. Now, you don't have to be in a marriage before you start trusting God. Can I hear a loud amen? I hope everybody understands that that's a principle that cuts across whatever walk of life you are in. And specifically last one in the second service, we went for that and we dealt with why some people don't trust God like they ought to. They've not learned that it's okay to be in a relationship with God and be a flawed person. Everybody in the Bible that God did something amazing in their lives, they were flawed people, they were not perfect. And I hope somebody got that simple truth that we shared. You don't wait till you become perfect before you start trusting God and believing God to receive what God wants to do in your life. 
You don't tell yourself as a single lady, hey, it's because when I was in university, I, I committed so many abortions. That's why I can't really trust God to eventually be happily married. That's a lie of the devil. And that's why some people never really totally lean on God. Because they think they have to be perfect before God does what God has promised to do in, in their life. We looked at the example of Job. His own, you know, that's the worst kind of arrogance. Arrogance that you don't even know you're arrogant. And yet, God still restored him and blessed him because he still trusted God. You know, it's one thing to be arrogant and know you're arrogant. It's another thing to be so ignorant of your arrogance. And you're talking to God. When I stand before God, I will stand in my own righteousness. For where? But all the same, he still trusted God. If you learn that lesson, my God, my God, you will be amazed the amazing things God will do in your life. Praise God. Let, let me begin to close. I have just little time left. Wow. Two major things I want to touch on as we wrap up this series today. Let me start by giving particularly married couples now, and again, every individual can apply this to your life, the oldest counsel you can give anybody in a marital relationship. The oldest secret that makes marriages work. The oldest thing you should ensure that should be in your marriage to keep it sparkling for the sparks to still be there. All the principles we've been talking about. You see, it, it's relatively easy, particularly for us new creations, to experience what we are talking about here. Keep recreating sparks in your marriage so that your marriage can sparkle. If you will apply those principles that we've, we've talked about so many things. Jesus told them from the very beginning, the reason why you are struggling mightily is because of hardness of heart. So if everybody in a marriage can learn to just be tender and soft, particularly towards your spouse, your spouse, it's going to be easy to keep creating sparks and for that marriage to sparkle. We've talked about so many principles. This one I want to leave you with this morning is one of the oldest counsels you've ever had. And you need to look into your marriage to see whether it's still there. The secret to marriages working, to marriages sparkling, is the simple secret of friendship. Friendship. Marry your friend. That's the counsel we give them in counseling class. Marry your friend. Don't marry a guy because of his car, of his house, of how he looks or how she looks. How fat their bank account is. Marry your friend. And for married couples, if you are in a marriage, keep the friendship going. Still be a friend to your partner. Five years after your marriage. Ten years after your marriage. Fifteen years after your marriage. Twenty years. Twenty-five years. Remain friends. Your spouse or your, 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 your spouse in your marriage is not a business partner. <laughs> I'm sure that one came from the Holy Ghost. When that thought entered my mind, I said, well, that's good. And you know, marriage is a very, very busy institution. Particularly when there are children involved. I mean, I'm sure you're like me, 5 a.m., you're up. And you're probably working till 11, 12 midnight. 5 a.m., you're you are up, get the children ready. You do family devotion, take them to school. 
while they are in school, you go to work and you do other things. You, if you are not, you have to go and pick them from school. Bring them home. Homework is there. School the next day. Your own work is still there. He's busy. And what most couples are now, and you should go and do your inspection when you get home, they are, they are just business partners. Just helping one another in the busyness of life. This rent is due. School fees is due. This, we need to buy this. We need to change this. We need to do that. So they are just busy working together to make ends meet, to, to keep the marriage afloat, to keep the home front going. Busyness. Sometimes couples are no longer friends. When was the last time you and your wife really did something that both of you or either of you liked and enjoyed doing? You found out what does this person like and you did it for them and you did it together. Simple things like watching a movie together, going on a date, going on a vacation, just doing things that we enjoy doing together. Talking about things that you are really interested in together. That's the secret to marriage is sparkling. It works for friends. Remember the scripture we looked at last week? Jesus, it's amazing all these phrases that we find that make marriages work. The Bible used them to describe our relationship with God. That, that scripture we read in Proverbs that said Jesus was a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Hallelujah. We, we've seen scriptures that talk to, about God being our husband, being the father of the fatherless, being the husband of the widows and things like that. It's amazing that God uses all those terms to describe himself in his relationship with, with us. Marry your friend. That's very good advice for single people that are planning to get married. And if you're already married, keep the friendship going. From time to time, reevaluate how the friendship quotient in that marriage is. Are we just brother and sister that are living under the same roof? So once somebody said the other day that some married couples now, they're actually even roommates. That many times there's nothing that really connects them together apart from the fact that they sleep in the same room. And some people do not even sleep in the same room anymore. And you know, sometimes these things, it's so easy. When they started, they were friends. They could talk for hours. They could discuss things together. Even things that are uncomfortable. When we are saying friends, have you ever had those kind of friends that sometimes you argue and argue about something? At the end of the day, you agree to disagree. And you are still friends. So when I'm saying marry your friend, I'm not saying that there will be no tension or there will be no areas of argument or things. But you are still friends. I have some people like that in my life. Every time we see the argument we had three months ago, we continue again. <laughs> in fact, I'm even looking forward to the next meeting so that we can pick up because I didn't win the argument last time. <laughs> but we, we, we find things that we, we, we relate with together. Hallelujah. Help me look at anybody this morning and say, marry your friend. Look at the other neighbor say, marry your friend. But, no, I, I know you may not be with your spouse now, so just. Th that, that secret is so powerful, it will help you. Now, watch this. 
when you have that kind of thing going on in your marriage where it's a marriage of two friends. Please, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I, want, I have just limited time. It, it's a marriage of two friends. Two people that they have a few things. It doesn't have to be too many things that they enjoy doing together. And above all else, relatively speaking, it's one of the things that really keeps them together. When you have that kind of thing going on in a marital union between husband and wife, what God promised us here, I want to read the text. We are going to stand up and we are going to pray. And we are going to pray for just, not just for my couples, for everyone here. What God promised us in Matthew 18, it's so easy to activate and to make use of. I have a very dear friend. It came to my mind as God was just dropping in my heart. And I mean, very lovely marriage and things like that. And several years ago, he taught me this thing. In fact, I, I still don't feel in our own marriage, I don't think we are maximizing it yet, but we're still using the principle. He taught me this principle. And he told me then that this is one of the secrets of their marriage. The power of agreement. The power of agreement. That he and his wife are so much in agreement when they do things together that it's very, very difficult for anybody to come in between them. In fact, it's like when there are challenges, particularly in his job and his career, that many times the kind of agreement and backing that his wife gives him a lot, the, the backing she does in secret place is so powerful and so strong. He was telling me this personally several years back. And of course... I use that a lot. We use that a lot in our marriage as well. Look at it. Matthew 18, verse 19. It is friends that can do these things, particularly in a marriage setting. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on anything concerning, on, on earth concerning anything that they ask, Matthew 18, 19, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, Jesus wasn't teaching marriage here. That's not my point. This is what, it's not marriage seminar I was doing here. He's giving us a spiritual principle. We call it the power of agreement. But he says all it takes is two people. If two people can come into agreement concerning anything, God will back them up from heaven. Hallelujah. And married couples have the best positioning to activate the power of this promise. If they are friends, and if they know how to live together as friends. Now, you won't see friendship there. And I'm not saying that friendship is a condition to activate the power of agreement in that sense. No, that's not my point. Please catch what I'm saying. I'm saying married couples that know how to be friends and grow their friendship and keep working on ensuring that they remain friends, they are in a better position to take advantage of the power of agreement in the context of a marriage setting. And I've seen couple after couple that stand on this a lot. And when you see the wife, you have seen the husband. Because they're always in agreement. And when you see the husband, you have seen the wife. And the fight you are taking to the husband, you are taking it to the wife. And the wife you are taking to the wife, you are taking it to the husband. Now, some couples are so flawed at this thing that even their children can manipulate them. Because even the children know that daddy and mommy are not together. Do your children try that on you? I know my children try it a lot. 
<laughs> they will go and tell your mommy something. And even though they don't like her, they will now come and try daddy. And some couples that are not in agreement, you know, children will just exploit that loophole. I, do you understand what I'm saying? But couples that are friends, it may be one day or two days later, why the husband and the wife are comparing notes. Ah, but I told her not to do this. Ah, that's not what she said. You will find out what the children are doing. You know, children are very cunning. <laughs> because they can see that you people are not friends. They may not be conscious of what they are trying to do. And they can see that there is no perfect alignment and agreement with them. And I even tell you, even children, I know that their parents' marriage is okay. They will still try it. I know my children try a lot. But many times we catch them, if not all the time. Hallelujah. If two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, glory be to God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. There are few times in the gospel that Jesus gave us that blank check. Talked about it when we are praying generally by the help of the Holy Ghost, and it talks about it in this context of agreement. Somebody say agreement. Can I say this to married couples as we do, uh, wrap up this series and as we're going to pray in a minute? This is one of your most powerful weapons for your marriage. One of your most powerful weapons. Hallelujah. You can win any battle with this thing, you can overcome any obstacle with this thing. If they agree on earth concerning what? Anything. Somebody say anything. It will be done for them by my father. Now verse 20 for the rest of us before someone thinks we are leaving them out. And this is where the general congregation, because we're going to stand on these two verses as we pray this next few minutes. For where two or three are gathered together in my name. He's still teaching about agreement too. Please hear me. He's still talking about the power of agreement. It's not limited to just two people. It's not limited to just husband and wife. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, like we are gathered in this place this morning. I am there in the midst of them. Hallelujah. I want to tell somebody, God is here in our midst this morning. I said Jesus is here in our midst this morning. And he's here to do what he promised in verse 18. I mean, verse 19. That if we will agree, glory be to God. He will do it for us. Hallelujah. If we will agree, he will do it for us. Help me hold the neighbor to your left and to your right. Maybe your husband or your wife. It doesn't matter. Just hold your neighbor. Say that to that neighbor this morning. If you will agree with me this morning. Tell that neighbor, those neighbors, as a church, if we will agree this morning. God will do whatever we agree. Come on, say to them again. As we stand in agreement together this morning. As two or three that are gathered together. See, I love scriptures like this. There is no condition added here. Even the secret of friendship I'm talking about, you will see that Jesus didn't say, ah, there must be friends before I agree. No. I'm just teaching that one from experience and from what we know about how marriage works. It works better with friends. And friends are in a better position to agree. Can I hear a loud Amen. He said, if two of three of you are gathered together, I am there in your midst. And I'm there in your midst to do what you agree. Hallelujah. Praise God. So there are three things God gave me that as a church we should agree on this morning. As we bring this series to a close. We're going to pray about that in a minute. And then we'll allow people to believe God for whatever they want to believe as well. For couples to believe God for whatever they want to believe as well. And we will come in agreement with them as well. Rise on your feet this morning. Lift your hands to God.
Let's just begin to thank God. Thank him that he is here. He is here. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.